Another program in our series of experimental transmissions in color. The voice of the Negro. The voice of the Negro. consisting of three periods, historically with spaces in between, before, and after them. Nowadays a single character, ellipses are used to indicate that words have been omitted in a text or that they are missing or illegible. The omission of a grammatically required word or phrase that can be inferred. The omission of scenes in a film that do not advance the plot. Ellipsis synonyms dot dot dot. T-L-L-I-P-S-I-S When you chant, you can see things clearly. It's like life's mirror. And when you can see yourself clearly, you can change anything. Come on. Don't try it with me. Vashti, there must be more we can do. I was with the other women in the women's place in the palace. And it's only the letter A that separates place from palace. I was with the other women when he called. I had been up cooking all night and had just wiped the last of the semolina off of my forehead. And we were finally ready to eat. When he called, we were in our 187th month of celebrating. 187 times I was called up, patented for him, the visiting priests, provinces, and princes. He had been feasting for the last six days without calling. I waited six, I was queen. He told me that I was clear or tried to convince myself to be. I was picked like the prize pie at the carnival because I was the fairest. When he called, he never thought I would refuse him anything and I was lucky, you know, and yes, I heard him calling cause I hear everything. There must be more we can do. I am a woman, ears trained to ground in sky. I hear the women like myself breaking like the bread we ate that day, women who were picked over for some beauty standard that had nothing to do with us. I wasn't leaving this party. It felt right, and yes, I heard him calling, but I also heard God's warning breath whisper my ear with my mother's fear. Say no, girl, say no. So when he called, it was the seventh day. He had been drinking, 
His heart was merry with wine. He was drunk. He ordered, because that's what you can do when you make someone a queen. He ordered me to him in the crown royal. Now he was ready to show me off, and I said no, because I am a woman. And I am moved like the women, women, I am with, I am with women, women, women I come, I come from, from are moved, are moved and, there's and there's a place, place and, it's and it's only the letter A that separates place from palace, palace, palace in my belly now, fuller than the feast whose grease lingers on my fingers. There's a place left from gathering with my like, telling me what to say, and I am finally ready to hear this word. This bird flying out of my mouth turns song. I am sure other queens have heard it, put their tongues to the roof of their mouths and tasted it. My sisters, Esther, Ma'aka, Bathsheba, Jezebel, Sheba, Candace, we who have all said no and have not known and known at the same time why. No for our daughters, the next in our broken royal lines. No for their voices strong and spirit-led. No, we can say mother and father God can think that in the company of women, quiet wars can be raged. Battles birthing women and women birthing battles. Who don't forget their kindred or their people. So when he called, there was a new breath in mind pushing this defiance out of my chest, like life collapsing in on itself, like rock caught in the craw of my throat. Like we are getting ready to sing or preach or pray for the first time. Like I said, when he called, I had been up cooking all night and had just wiped the last of the semolina off of my forehead. And we were finally ready to eat. to the weekly review with Roman. Today it's Friday, uh, April 10th, 2020. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, yeah, can I get started with the show here? Playing music from a new album uh, you can find on Bandcamp. Uh, support the artist Juba Kalamka. If you go to jubakalamka.bandcamp.com, you can find this album. It's The Space Between a Seminary Avenue. And it's, it's M-E-A-A-L-A. We'll be playing tracks throughout the show uh, from this album. And I'm a little bit uh, uh, still, uh, yeah, oof. Uh, perhaps you can hear it in my voice. I'm a little bit all over the place at the moment. I am wearing a bandana to cover part of my face, at least, uh, as I'm here in the studio, taking as many precautions as I can and still looking to make this work. So thanks so much for tuning in. You, we are at Mutiny Radio, which is open. Uh, we're open for, you know, solo shows, and uh, but there are shows here streaming throughout the week, so please do tune in. We've got a lot of shows here. And also, please do support the station. We are um, similar to many other folks and organizations around the globe having, well, I should say particularly in the U.S., since we don't support the arts here. In general, I would say in general. Uh, the station we make a we are able to cover a lot of the rent through live shows that we do here, and since those have been postponed due to the shelter in place, we're really um, looking for some 
funds to help the station. So if you're able to donate at all, please go to mutinyradio.fm. Thank you very, very much. We also have an app that's out. So if you have a mobile phone and you can uh, get the app and listen to more shows. I'm uh, this bandana. I don't think it's uh, working too well here. Okay, that's a little bit better. So, I mentioned Mutiny Radio. Yes, hi, thanks for tuning in. I am very scattered this morning. I meditated, I had breakfast, I showered, I got dressed, I biked here. And I'm still, didn't get here early enough to, I'm just, you know, trying to wipe down surfaces and set up and I'm just feeling a bit anxious. Perhaps it's a accumulation of the week and the events that have been happening and just, it's a lot. It's a lot going on for a lot of folks recognizing that and wanting to, to name that. Oh, so I mentioned that we are broadcasting from Mutiny Radio. We're in San Francisco. We're in the Mission District. We're on Ohlone land, and I often share information that folks can, uh, links that folks can learn more about the land that we're on and also donate to the Shumi land tax. And I also, throughout the show, will be providing other action items that folks can take um, since colonialism is still very much happening and we are living in it, action items that folks can take to protect the earth and indigenous communities. So some of what I, I, I do is follow certain you know folks online and find information out that way and just want to um, share that information. So I'm still standing up. I uh, haven't sat down yet because I sanitized the chair. And I'm going to go through some of the bookmarks, the news items that I've bookmarked throughout the week, uh, mostly today, <laughs> and uh, share some, yes, share action items, because I do feel, as I've mentioned before, one thing that kind of helps me out when I'm feeling pretty down is to take an action item, whether that's even just something as like signing a petition or calling a representative or a person or sharing information with people or supporting the folks who are truth-telling. Uh, pieces like that that may feel small have a they have a big ripple effect and it's also really important that we support activists as much as we are able to so it's we are all in this together and trying to find ways to um, continue to stay active in a variety of ways and recognizing that there's myri myriad myriad ways that folks can show up so I'll be sharing some news throughout the day and action items that folks can take and there's a lot and it does feel overwhelming because of course of this Late-stage capitalism, we're seeing uh, all these systems that have been in put in place to cause great harm to millions of people. Uh, we're now seeing just, uh, it was clear before, I think, to many of us that these systems were meant to harm folks. And now with this virus, this pandemic, we're seeing how certain folks are um, being mistreated or ignored or not given the safety precautions that they deserve due to the systems that were already in place. So I'm thinking in particular about folks who are in ICE custody, folks who are in prison and in jail, and there are so many folks. And the, the situation for folks there was already dangerous and not safe. And it's just a disgrace that we live in a country that funds so much punishment and cruelty and terror instead of funding hospitals and healthcare and education and taking care of the environment and ensuring that everyone has what they need. There's the money there for it. It's just the folks will not allow it. And that's similar to, I'll maybe talk, I don't talk too much about, elect well, sometimes I talk about electoral politics um, on the show and uh, just in terms of what a fucking scam it is, uh, especially when we're looking at the, the presidential election and how the powers that be will not allow anyone who's even 
uh, like in, compared to many other countries, what we have here is like what's deemed what some folks call radical or is really just a centrist position where, oh, yeah, people should not be in debt for wanting to get an education. People should not be in debt for getting health care. People should have access to health care. People should have their basic needs met. It's that simple. And that's somehow deemed a leftist issue, which is fucking ridiculous, because if that's a leftist issue, then, like, I don't, I can't imagine anything to the right of that, because that's just fucking cruelty, and that's murder, is what it is. Anyone who supports any policies that believe that people don't have the right to exist, that's fucking murder right now. And it has been. So I guess we're seeing more and more of that. And, oh, yeah, so there was a Democrat, Democrat, so angry okay i don't know i i still i don't know why i still have some i, I definitely have hope i don't have much hope in the system at all because I, I don't think it's it's definitely not fair and also there's still that piece of me that was still like okay maybe maybe there's a little naive piece of me that's like maybe and of course not um and what happened for if you're listening to this afterwards or you're, i mean it's also we all are we have all access to different types of information so from what i've heard and viewed from people is that uh, so there were certain states that had their primaries and it was deemed really not safe for folks to go out and vote because you know we should be physically distancing from folks and so some options were to you know postpone the elections and to increase or implement voter by mail which they have here in california they have it in colorado as well and i think other states as well they have it where you can vote by mail and that way you don't have to for folks who are unable to get out of the house or it's not safe for them to another option if you want to participate in it, is to vote by mail. However, they decided, the Supreme Court decided, no, we got people got to vote. So this also happened in Florida, um, pre before Wisconsin, and also just to make a note that, uh, maybe I even said it on the show last week, just how I used to get really angry about Scott Walker, who was the pr previous governor of Wisconsin, and what a fucking right-wing shitbag he was, and all the harm he caused. And just with voter suppression, we're really seeing that now. And that happened in Wisconsin, where now folks had to either risk also in oh, I think I did mention this last week. However, lots of uh, in one city there were it used to be 180 places where folks could vote, and then it was down to five because like folks were either calling in sick or unable to go. They didn't feel comfortable going out to be at the the polls. And so, first of all, lots of places have been closed down. Second of all, people were waiting in line for a long time, which is not really an option for a lot of folks. And also, it's pretty dangerous um, in terms of how social or physical distancing, I want to say, has been helping flatten the curve, as far as we know. So they were like, no, we're just going to have this election anyway. So <sighs> people went out to – so Joe Biden, of course, was like, sure, that's fine. I don't. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And uh, that, that happened. So my whole thinking around this is that there are so many people who are so desperate to get out of this situation, who are desperate for this administration to change. People – are, have literally put their lives on the line to ensure that the this current administration does not continue on in 2020. And my thinking is, if you are willing to put your life on the line to ensure that this administration does not continue on, if you're willing to risk your life, there are ways to do that that don't involve voting. Think about that. Just putting that out there. Putting that out there. Okay. So, yeah, feeling pretty, <laughs> not completely hopeless because there are, Many, many workers who are going on strike, lots of folks are organizing, and unfortunately it does come to, th th you know, sometimes people don't take action until it affects them directly or their friends or people that they know, and now m so many people are affected that I think more and more folks are taking action. And also not to, to downplay it at all or to, to shame people 
at all. It's like not an easy thing to do. Like there's cops have forever been, you know, literally sometimes killing folks who go on strike, if not arresting and threatening them. So it's not like it's an easy thing to do. So I really want to say sending lots of love and solidarity to the workers who are out there on strike and demanding that they get a living wage, that, that they get health care protections and have everything that they need because they are saving people's lives. <sighs> all right. I feel a little bit better after sharing all of that. Oh, going to take a deep breath. So maybe a month ago, I've lost track of time. It happened sometime this year. It was after the pandemic. Like it was like after it was like after we were told to be cautious of one another, but before the shelter in place happened. So maybe a month ago, three weeks ago. It's hard to keep track of time. It wasn't two weeks ago. Maybe three weeks ago or four weeks ago. So. <sighs> going in from one one sad story to the next but again with sad stories there are ways that folks can show up and prevent negative things from happening so we played on the show that there has there was a protest outside of Lion Martin which is a health clinic in San Francisco and it's health right 360 which kind of owns it or is the parent company of it I don't not a company but you know what I mean they have threatened to move Lion Martin out of its current place and like integrate it with a different system which would I think, from what I had heard, reduce the services at Lion Martin, like 90% of services. So that would mean taking, you know, the staff there would not have work. And many of its patients, myself included, and many, many folks I know, would not get the services that they need, which is really fucked up. And in a time when you're cutting costs, don't cut healthcare costs. Like, that's like, that should be the last thing that goes. It's fucking disgusting. So there was a rally outside Lion Martin. And uh, thanks to Hans Lindahl, who recorded um, some of the speeches outside, I'd played a few on the show maybe a month ago, and I was unable to play all of them, so I wanted to share them today and with all the listeners out there, just as a way for folks, if you're unfamiliar with Lion Martin, even if you are, there's always more that one can learn, and also action items that, again, that folks can take to keep Lion Martin going, and that involves putting pressure on HealthRight360, putting pressure on elected officials, and um, showing up when you can. And there's a um, Twitter um, profile of Save Lion Martin that I'm going to right now. And also uh, Phyllis Lyon, who is one of the co-founders of Lion Martin, uh, passed away recently. So wanting to honor Phyllis's work and just imagine how incredible the life that is where one creates works to create a place where marginalized communities can get the health care that they need and can get can can be seen in a variety of ways and what that means and people who are unable to pay what that means in in this empire that this crumbling empire that we live in and so I really just want to salute all the folks out there who have you know, made it their life's work to ensure that the following generations are taken care of and how beautiful that is so if you're on Twitter, um, I am going to find the handle right now that folks can follow, and they will share more information. Also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I tend to retweet a lot of info, and much of the information I share on this show I have learned from folks on Twitter. So this has taken a while, partially due to me wearing uh, gloves, so it's a little bit trickier to type, and that's part of it. Although, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, uh, even before I wore gloves, sometimes we had a little some delays in terms of getting all the information up. 
This is a very uh, DIY show, so don't have a producer here, or I guess I am the producer, so yeah, I can't be like, hey, can so-and-so edit this? It's like, no, that's up to me, and I may or may not do that. So there's a GoFundMe that's up that I want to share right now, and then perhaps uh, later on in the program I can find the Twitter. It is a GoFundMe, Save Lion Martin and Women's Community Clinic. Uh, there's a $500,000 goal, and right now it's only at 18000 There's also a GoFundMe up for City Lights Books, which also needs to be saved uh, for their employees, and that's within a day they have raised over $200,000. So I would encourage folks to uh, <laughs> put, you know, like, yeah, I mean, both need to be saved. And also, I would really appreciate if folks could donate to the Save Lion Martin Clinic. And, yeah. And you'll hear a little bit about it. Uh, how about now? How about I uh, pull up some of these clips here? I believe the folks are um, introduced. Um, and, again, big thanks to Hans Lindahl for sharing these videos with me. I was there at the at the protest and it was really um, beautiful to hear all these voices share their words. So, once again, gonna take a little bit of time here as I go down the list and click on the link to the videos. Lots of stuff here. Okay. And go oh, video clips great all right so the first speaker is jam jaffe so please listen <laughs> thanks for coming out my name is J.M. Jaffe, and I have poured my blood, sweat, and tears into Lion Martin Health Services for the past 10 years. Yeah. I have seen this clinic go through a lot of changes, including coming very close to closure in 2011. But this time, I knew it was different. In February, Health Right 360 came to us with a proposal to cut our services by 90%. the majority of our staff no! and to relocate us into an unsafe environment consolidated with their integrated care center. No! I knew this called for drastic measures. I received many questions as to why we're out here today in the midst of the COVID pandemic and to that I say the queer and trans community are no strangers to pandemic. Whether we're talking about the AIDS crisis, the opi opioid epidemic, suicide, targeted violence, wars, or general lack of access to healthcare, trans people, especially trans women of color, have been in it. We are no strangers to feeling our own mortality. If, if we've learned anything from our ancestors and our peers, we know that if we don't fight for our healthcare rights during an epidemic, we will be the first to let to die. And if you couldn't make it out here today because you are prioritizing your own health, good. We are 100% behind you. And no worries because we're gonna be launching our online campaign tomorrow. So here we are. We're here today with our family, our community, our partner organizations, and our union to make a statement. We're here today to show the city that the power our community has. And we are here today to take back our clinic. 
As queer and trans people, we stand here today to say that Lion Martin and Women's Community Clinic are ours. And we will not let it shut down without a fight. Lion Martin and Women's Community Clinic are united in our missions of fighting misogyny, trans misogyny, and gender oppression. We are united in our goal of fighting homophobia, racism, ableism, xenophobia, and fatphobia. And we are united in uplifting bodily self-determination. For over 40 years, we have provided integrated queer and trans competent primary care, hormone therapy, referrals for gender-affirming surgery, gynecological care, abortion care, mental health services, case management, and homeless outreach services to trans people and cis women, regardless of the ability to pay. We are the only clinic that will never send you to collections when you get a bill. We are one of the only clinics that will give you a gender-affirming abortion. We are who the community turns to when they have nowhere else to go, and we are also where the community chooses to go. We are home to the deviants and freaks, the queer and kinky, the dykes and faggots, and the trans community. We are home to the homeless, the isolated, the unemployed, the formerly incarcerated. We are home to people of color, immigrants, sex workers, survivors, past or current drug users, and those with chronic illnesses and disabilities. We know how intersectionality operates, disproportionately disadvantaging trans people and cis women that live at the intersection of marginalized identities, creating broader, deeper patterns of discrimination. And we know how to individualize and tailor a care plan to meet people where they are at. Yes. You can't find doctors easily that way. They don't teach that in schools. And that's why our patients come to us from all over the state, all over the country, and all over the world. This is why we have literally trained thousands of providers, students, and volunteers on how to deliver trauma-informed and harm reduction-based healthcare to queer and trans communities and cis women. Yes. This is why we created TransLine, our free e-consultation service to provide clinical support and education to providers beyond California. We spearheaded the fight to lift exclusions of gender-affirming surgery in healthy San Francisco. We were the first to get Medi-Cal to cover vaginoplasty, phalloplasty, facial feminization surgery, hair removal, body contouring, and newly, hair restoration. Surgeries that no one in their wildest dreams ever imagined the state would cover. Over the past decade, we have successfully obtained insurance coverage of over 750 gender-affirming surgeries. And the sad truth is, HealthRight couldn't tell you any of that. Because they are so out of touch with our community and our work. We are a one-of-a-kind, world-renowned clinic, and it is time we are treated as such. It is disturbing to me that in the five years of being merged with HealthRight, not one foundation or grant-based fund were successfully obtained by HealthRight for our clinic. This means that their financial plan for us has been solely based on the number of billable patient visits we have, leading to staff burnout, high turnover, lack of investment in training, and an ever-growing deficit. 
They know that the key to a successful clinic is diversified funding strategies, and yet we were neglected, allowing for this slow death to happen. Their plan to cut services is not viable. And they don't like their plan either. They flat out said that. Thousands of trans people will be left without care. We won't have that. We won't have it. History tells us that we are best cared for by our own communities. And that is why we are asking for your support as we fight for city funding to stabilize us while we strategize for long-term stability. We want to take back this clinic and go back to our roots, to a clinic by and for us. Thank you. Here we are again. Thank you to all of you for coming out today to exhibit your anger, your disappointment, and the slew of emotions that you may be feeling when, you, when an organization responsible for holding up a mission of providing competent healthcare in a safe environment for queer people decides that the effort is no longer needed. I started at Lyon Martin after getting frustrated at a as a hospital nurse and seeing the lack of general understanding of queer competent healthcare and witnessing actively aggressive and abusive behavior from healthcare providers. I then dedicated my life to spreading understanding and promoting changes to have healthcare be accessible for the trans and non-binary community. Yeah. The decision that Health Right 360 has made perpetuates the systems of violence that the LGBTQ community endures on a daily basis. This type of decision is what increases disparities in health outcomes for a population who is already marginalized and has been shown by the healthcare industry that their healthcare is an afterthought, an inconvenience, and too costly to the system. I ask HealthRight360 how many transgender or non-binary people were at the table when this decision was made? How many patients were consulted on how it would impact their ability to access healthcare? And who did they inquire from the queer community about the mission of Lion Martin and what it means to create a safe space for healthcare delivery? My assumption is none. There were no representative voices at that table. As the clinic director of Lion Martin for eight years, there was a time we were facing imminent closure. This feels very familiar. At that time, we saw the community rally for their own rights and the rights of others to have access to competent care. After many years of working with amazing individuals, we were able to create a balanced budget for the first time in 2014. It was then that we started discussing a merger with HealthRight360. We had many conversations at that time about the importance of keeping the culture of Lion Martin alive through having a separate space designated for the delivery of our care and continuing to have our staff represent the patients we serve. They assured us at that time that they understood the importance of this and committed to it as a fundamental part of meeting Lion Martin's mission. I understand that consolidation is sometimes necessary. I wonder why it is necessary in this case, though. I've heard for years that Lion Martin, under the leadership of HealthRight360, has not been making enough money to balance their budget. But I ask what's been done to assist us in meeting this request. Historically, we balanced our budget and diversified our cash flow through rigorous grants pro grant programs and to close the gap. We worked on improving efficiencies to see more patients and created a larger mental health team in order to meet the need of our clients, as well as creating more billable visits. What has HealthRight360 done to prove their support and understanding of this program beyond eating the cost of a deficit? 
Why are other sites able to meet this financial demand and Lion Martin isn't? What resources do the other sites have that Lion Martin lacks? This does not pass the sniff test. True allies work within the community to understand how to list and amplify the voice of others. But Health Right 360 has not allowed Lion Martin a true seat at the table to have their voice be heard. I urge Health Right 360 to take a step back and understand their own culpability in this and hold themselves accountable to how they have shown up for our community and how they can choose this moment to either understand the need and help our community thrive or leave us out to dry like so many other agencies, institutions, and companies have done before them. My heart hurts over this broken promise that Health Right, 3, Health right 360 leaders made to the staff and the community of Lyme Martin. I wish I could hold up a mirror for them so they could see what I see, which is ignorance, privilege, disorganization, reactivity, and indifference in the face of real humans, real lives, real culture, and a rich history with all of those who have fought before us and continue to fight for equal access and outcomes in healthcare. I also see the Health Right 360 leadership as real people who were trying to do their best and are misguided in their decisions. Vitka, Jack, Anna, and Tony, I know you're out there. I'm not here, but you can hear me. I want to remind you that you can change course at any moment and decide to learn and grow in order to help build something that is greater than yourself. You too can join a movement that lifts the voice of those who need to be heard. Thanks everyone so much for all of your support. Elizabeth Sakara, who was a former director of Lion Martin. We're going to take a bit of a music break before we get back to some more speakers, and we're going to hear some more from Jiba Kalamka, The Space Between a Seminary Avenue. And you can find this at bandcamp, jibakalamka.bandcamp.com. And we're going to go into the third track and play a few of these. So we'll be back in a bit. Stay tuned. to a black church that turns down black tithes who are from gay people. I've never been to a black church that refuses to take the money of those who are lesbian, gay, transgendered, or bisexual. You got to act together. You got to act ushers, the choir directors, and God knows. You know I dance without my robe. in churches preaching against homosexuality are secretly closeted themselves and engaging in internal psychic, social, and spiritual warfare. Free them. This is what the gospel is all about. Okay. 
Listening to a new album, The Space Between, a Seminary Avenue by Black Ellipsis, and you can find that on Bandcamp, Jubakalamka's Bandcamp, and that's J U B A K A L A M K A dot Bandcamp dot com. I'm gonna go and pl- gonna go. Where am I going? I'm sitting right here. However, uh, my fingers are going to wander over to play some more speakers from the Rally the Outside of Line Martin from uh, maybe a month ago, a few weeks ago. I can find out the date uh, at some point. And I'll also be sure, maybe after we play a few more speakers, I'll go into some other items that are happening in the world. Items. And uh, just other pieces of information. That There we go. Okay. And this is uh, Nick Gordon. And I'm going to see if we can <laughs> play this clip here. Having a little bit of technical issues at the moment. And we'll see if we can get this up here. There we go. All right. Did not prepare a speech, so I'm just going to talk a little bit. So, my name is Nick Gordon, and sorry, my name is Nick Gordon, and I'm a physician at Lion Martin. And I've been working here about 15 years, so this is the third clinic's going to close since I've been here, um, and it can't close. Um, and the thing is, we talk about oh, all the great things Lion Martin does for the uh, LGBT community in San Francisco, and that's super important. But let me tell you, Lion Martin has a nationwide reach, right? Um, has anybody seen this book before, Trans Bodies, Trans Selves? The editor is a student, or was a student of mine, like, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. Um, she's actually, I wrote one of the chapters in it, she's actually my editor now, and so the, the Kind of the best thing you can do if you're a physician is have one of your students become one of your bosses, right? So she wrote that she's doing a ton of amazing work in New York City for trans people. Um, JM was talking about dragging healthcare plans, kicking and screaming into doing this. And really, when we started, uh, you know, what happened first is you have to get a rule that they have to cover it, right? So in 2011, Medi-Cal said, okay, you're right, we do have to cover it, right? Um, that took a ton of work. That was the Transgender Law Center, Lion Martin. I put a lot of work into that. We finally got them to agree to it. And then the Medicaid agent, or Medi-Cal agency said, yeah, but we don't have anybody who can do those surgeries for you. And so JM did 80% of this. Um, found those surgeons and dragged the health plan kicking and screaming into doing the right thing. They're doing a great job. San Francisco Health Plan is like, I would say the leader in the US for appropriate coverage, right? Um, The thing is though, there's more than just San Francisco Health Plan. Sorry for the reverb. 
I know none of you have seen this probably, um, unless you're lawyers. So this is a um, economic impact assessment that the California Department of Insurance did a few years ago. The person who is the uh, health program specialist for this, Jason Tesher, was a former employee of Lion Martin. Former employee of the Transgender Law Center. It was a hard day today. When it was, I'm at the end of my day. So anyway, we worked with him on a lot of projects at, at Transgender Law Center, but then he took a job at the California Department of Insurance, and Dave Jones was the insurance. Dave Jones was the insurance commissioner, who, under him, they wanted to include trans people in all coverage, regardless of your insurance is private or public. And so they had to do this economic impact assessment. And they depended on expertise from Lyon Martin for the science part of this, right? Um, once this passed, every insurer in California had to cover this. Once they had this, they could say, you have to do this because this is not gonna cost you a lot of money, right? You're gonna save money because people don't try to kill themselves and end up in a hospital after a suicide attempt, you're gonna save money and people having to go to therapists because their gender dysphoria is fixed, right? Um, then subsequently, this same economic impact assessment has been used by multiple different states to do the exact same thing. So all those states that now cover this, most of them use this document, right? There's a, you know, JM mentioned I answer questions for Transline some of the time. And there'll be a healthcare provider in Iowa who has never seen a trans patient, has a patient in their practice, wants to do the right thing, but now they can do this. This is, Lloyd Martin doesn't just have a San Francisco reach or a Bay Area reach. We have a nationwide reach. Because of the time that I've spent here and the expertise that I have in, in treating trans patients, I've been able to be an expert witness in several cases. So there's two cases in the US where trans women in prison have won the right to surgery. I was an expert witness in both of them. The expert witness for the other side oftentimes has seen zero to five trans patients. I could say I've seen hundreds. Um, that level of expertise you can multiply with, right? Um, New York State Medicaid, a few years ago, uh, Medicaid recipient, I'm sorry, Medicaid recipients in New York sued the state to cover this. I was one of the three experts. The other side's experts had never treated a trans person. So you can imagine what that does in court. And guess what? Every trans person in New York State who gets Medicaid gets coverage through their insurance for surgery, hormones, hormone blockers for adolescents. Right? This is Lion Martin's nationwide reach. If you close the clinic, I can't do that stuff. You know? I can do it for a while, um, but eventually they're going to say, you haven't treated a trans patient in five years. And so those type of cases, I can't help with. And I really want to keep doing that because I think it's super important. So we need to save Lion Martin for everybody that's here in the trans community in the Bay Area, but we need to save it for everybody else too.
but community-based, um, inclusive, yeah, harm reduction-centered, client-centered care is. I can't like count the amount of patients I talked to who had their first pap smear in their adult life because they finally felt safe at a health clinic. Like that's life-changing. over the years um, who eventually take on take on the values of the clinic of Lion Martin and Women's Community Clinic and bring it into the traditional healthcare setting, which is so important to, to like have that go out into the communities. Most I think it's ninety-six percent of health workers ended up becoming uh, clinical providers or going into the health services of some kind, which is like so important that healthcare services have that those perspectives in there. Um, so the second main reason why I'm here is I'm a queer woman who grew up in San Francisco. So I deeply know from my, my family, my friends, how important these institutions are, how life-saving they are, and how people just won't get care if they can't trust that they're gonna be respected um, when they get there. And then we all know these things to be true, but then lastly, starting to do research a couple years ago, getting my master's degree, like obviously all the research backs up our lived experiences. Like data shows that people avoid healthcare when they know that they might be hurt or harmed when they get there. Um, and Lion Martin and Women's Community Clinic actively bridge that gap. They provide spaces where people feel like they can actually get care um, that they might not have been able to get. This is uh, Javier Nova Rosa. I love the work that we do here. I love the people that I work with, and I love my patients, all of them, all of them. This is my dream job, and I see the impact that we have every single day. I see it in the incredible trust that our patients grace us with. I can't explain the feeling our clinics are unique. We don't just provide gender-affirming care. Sometimes gender-affirming care is being called by the right name and pronouns and not having your body parts referred to in a gendered way, right? Like that, that's gender-affirming care. We are whole people. We provide reproductive and sexual health care, including medication-assisted abortions, IUDs, primary care, medication-assisted treatment, including Suboxone, HIV and Hep C management, and outreach to the SROs here. 
as well as integrated mental health services. I know that sounds like a whole jumble of words, but when you're living it, it's amazing. It's a whole picture. When I heard the news that we were facing a reduction of services and a loss of staff of up to 90%, I thought of my most vulnerable patients, the patients that we fought for over and over and sat down as a team with them and sometimes without them if they're not able to make it into the clinic and try to find out what, how can we, how can we provide them with whole person care? How can we meet them? What do they, what do they, you know, we, people are afraid of healthcare. I've been afraid of healthcare. How can we reduce the barriers to healthcare? So what I thought was, after I found out about this whole plan, is that I was terrified because I knew that if we reduced our services by 90%, I wouldn't be able to take care of my most vulnerable patients. It would be like just abandoning them. When clinics close, when clinics move, when clinics reduce services, they lose their most vulnerable patients. And we are here to stay. Lion Martin and the Women's Community Clinic are here to stay. So thank you so much for your support coming out this evening. Please continue to share our message as we fight for the funding to keep doing the work that we know we want to do, educating future healthcare providers and providing the best health care that we can, and we're always working to improve it. We want to maintain the services that we have and also grow them. So thank you so much for your time this evening. Okay, so for more information, and we will be playing some more speakers throughout the program, if you're on Twitter, it's at Save Lion Martin, and that's S-A-V-E-L-Y-O-N-M-A-R-T-I-N. You also, there's like a web page you can go to, and that's linktr.ee forward slash save Lion Martin. And that's, you can contribute to the GoFundMe and or sign on to their petition letter. So you can do that as well. Okay, uh, I'm going to go through my bookmarked articles <laughs> and just share some other news that's happening around. Um, so from KPFA. Follow them at, at KPFA on Twitter. At ver this came out today. Uh, at various Bay Area locations, fast food workers at McDonald's protested yesterday, demanding that workers be given masks, gloves, and a $3 a pay hour pay increase. We have a full report on IndyBay, which you can find at IndyBay, I-N-D-Y-B-A-Y, at Fight for 15, or IndyBay.org. So sharing that information. Democracy Now! has a lot of reports on folks who are incarcerated. There's one in Chicago. Uh, Chicago prisoners post signs in jail windows, help, no supply, and we're dying. And there's an article there on uh, democracynow.org. In Chicago, a second prisoner at the Cook County Jail has died of COVID-19. Nearly 300 prisoners and more than 100 staff have tested positive. On Thursday, prisoners posted signs in the windows of their cells reading, help, no supply, and we're dying. So they've got more information, again, at Democracy Now. You can also follow them on Twitter, uh, at Democracy Now. 
Next, from the Abolitionist Law Center, you can follow them at Abolitionist LC. Emergency Prisoner and Family Relief Fund, we need your help. And they provide a link as well. It's mail chip. Well, it's for MailChimp. It's a M-A-I-L-C-H-I dot M-P forward slash. That's a bunch of numbers. So it's probably easier to find uh, if you go to uh, just go to Twitter and then find them there. And they have a mutual aid fund for COVID-19. So far, they've raised over $5,000 and received over 90 applications from incarcerated people and their family members. This is based in Pennsylvania. So if you and or any loved ones you know are in Pennsylvania, please do share this. Um, and help um, donate to the GoFundMe. Their campaign goal is $10,000. Um, they're at a little over 5000 right now, so definitely doable. Uh, we need your help in reaching our next GoFundMe. Um, our friends in prison are in need of commissary support for food, hygiene pro products, sanitizer, medical copays, and more. Many family members of state prisoners have been laid off from work and need help paying for groceries. Uh, medications and phone calls to loved ones on the inside by donating and sharing our GoFundMe links with your network. You help make a difference in the lives of those at the epicenter of state violence and global pa pandemic. We are grateful for your continued support. Um, so again, I'm going to share this on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. -E and uh, it's taking a while to load. So I'm going to go back and you can find the original post. If again, you follow Abolitionist LC. That's their handle on Twitter. Next, ooh, it's a video. Um, it's from Caitlin Johnstone. In a system where sociopaths are rewarded with wealth and where wealth equals power, we naturally find ourselves ruled by sociopaths. They manipulate our faulty perceptions with objective reality to amass wealth and power, which they use to grab more. And this is a video. So since there's some audio footage here and I've been talking a lot, feels like I've been talking a lot, gonna play this it's on YouTube it's called corruption is legal in America for the last few years I've had this sense that everything I learned okay and first of all just want to also note this is the voice of Mansour Gidfar and that's M-A-N-S-U-R last name G-I-D-F-A-R who's a communications director of represent us learned as a kid about how America's government works and is I'll completely rewind to the beginning for the last few years, I've had this sense that everything I learned as a kid about how America's government works is completely wrong. But I had no idea how bad things actually were until I saw this one graph. Researchers at Princeton University looked at more than 20 years worth of data to answer a pretty simple question. Does the government represent the people? Now, this is what they found. This axis here represents public support for any given idea. On the left, at 0%, are ideas that not a single American wants. On the right, at 100%, are ideas that everyone supports. This axis represents the likelihood of Congress passing a law that reflects any of these ideas, from a 0 to a 100% chance. On this graph, an ideal republic would look like this. If 50% of the public supports an idea, there's a 50% chance of it becoming law. And in the graph, the line would be a diagonal going from zero, from the bottom left corner to the top right corner. If 80% of us support something, there's an 80% chance. You get the idea. Now, most Americans would probably agree that, with a few exceptions, we should be as close to this ideal as possible. Unfortunately, the way America actually works doesn't even come close. Take an idea that nobody supports, Yikes. literally nobody, and it has about a 30% chance of becoming federal law. Now, take an incredibly popular idea. The most popular idea this country has ever seen, and there's 
also about a 30% chance of it becoming law. This means that the number of American voters for or against any idea has no impact on the likelihood that Congress will make it law. Yikes. Put another way, and I'm just going to quote the Princeton study directly here, the preferences of the average American appear to have only a minuscule, near zero, statistically non-significant impact upon public policy. So if you've ever felt like your opinion doesn't matter and that the government doesn't really care what you think, well, you're right. But there's a catch. This flat line only accounts for the bottom 90% of income earners in America. Economic elites, business interests, people who can afford lobbyists, they get their own line. Look at how much closer their line is to the ideal. When they want something, the government is much more likely to do it. And when they don't, they have the power to completely block it from happening, no matter how much the rest of the country supports it. They get what they want, and guess who ends up paying for it? We pay for it with the most expensive healthcare in the world. We pay for it with a tax code that's a complete mess. We pay for it with internet that's slower and more expensive, with wasteful spending, a floundering education system, a catastrophic drug war, and one in five American children born into poverty. Almost every major issue we face as a nation can be traced back to this graph. How does this happen? Well, just follow the money. Right now, it's perfectly legal to buy political influence in America. Here's how it works. Let's say a big bank wants a law that would force taxpayers to bail them out again if they repeat the exact same reckless behavior that crashed the global economy in 2008. Not exactly the most popular idea with the public, and Congress knows that. That should be the end of it. But that's where the money comes in. It's perfectly legal for our bank to hire a team of lobbyists whose entire job is to make sure that the government gives the bank what it wants. Then those lobbyists can track down members of Congress who regulate banks and help raise a ton of money for their re-election campaigns. It's perfectly legal for those lobbyists to offer those same politicians million dollar jobs at their lobbying firm. Then those lobbyists can literally write the language of this new bailout law themselves and hand it off to the politician they just buttered up with campaign money and lucrative job offers. And it's perfectly legal for those politicians to take the lobbyist written language and sneak it through Congress at the last second. So now you've got a law that greatly benefits the banks and the whole process can start over. This is how a bill becomes a law. A special interest hires some lobbyists, those lobbyists collect campaign contributions, offer jobs, and then write the laws that Congress then passes to help those same special interests. This happens every day on every single issue with politicians of both parties. In the last five years alone, the 200 most politically active companies in the United States spent $5.8 billion influencing your government. Those same companies got uh, so you can find that link there. But again, go to masksfordocs.com. I'm going to follow them right now so I can share more information. Okay. And again, you can also find their website, masksfordocs.com, and that's D-O-C-S. All right, let's go back. Lots of information. All right, this is from Honor the Earth. You can follow them at Honor the Earth. Uh, today is the last day. Have your voices heard. MPCA Enbridge Line 3 Draft 401 Water Quality Permit. You can post public comments online, hashtag stop line three, hashtag water is life. Let's keep the maple syruping and manumen flowing, not pipelines. So if you go to, again, follow um, at Honor the Earth, um, they posted this about six hours ago, which would be, okay, it's a little bit after one, so that would be like a little bit 
uh, like around 7 a.m. Pacific time that they have posted this. And they have a link to the webpage, but it's a bit long, and it'll be easier for folks to, again, follow them on Twitter at Honor the Earth. Find them and click on the link. Next up, Never Again Action Los Angeles at LA underscore Never Again, all one word. Well, the Never Again's all one word. Uh, across the country, from Rhode Island to California, people in ICE detention are hunger striking and rising up in response to the non-response of governments unwilling to free them all while detention centers they are housed in become death camps. Hashtag let my people go. Hashtag detention is deadly. Hashtag Jews against ICE. And they have shared a post from Detention Watch, which you can follow at Detention Watch. Listen, a person on hunger strike at the Donald W. Wyatt detention facility reveals why over 50 people are refusing mass meals, excuse me, are refusing meals to demand their liberation from ICE custody. Hunger strikes across the country underscores ICE's record of neglect and the urgent need to hashtag free them all. So I'm going to um, play this clip here. And again, this was shared by Detention Watch. Okay, so. Uh, here we go. Let me go to the back to the beginning here. We can just put yourself in our shoes. We are stuck here. We are stuck. We can't do anything. We can't go forward. Borders are closed. People are, people's families are sick. People are dying. And it's just, it's such a, you wake up in the morning with the best. I wake up sometimes in the morning in the middle of the night would go look at that. Because there's nothing I can do. I'm looking at four walls and I'm stuck in. You turn the TV on, there's people dying thousands and thousands daily going there. And he hasn't hit here. What about our family dies? What happens next? Are we still going to be sitting there? My our family are sick and dying. We have a, a person here, his wife is in the hospital for almost two weeks. And he has kids, nobody's taking care of his kids. It's, it really is sad. People have to be in the text. And you were sitting here looking at each other like, what is going on? What's going to happen to us? And so we just said, you know what? Well, we need to do something. So it's, I don't know, but it's, it's such a bad situation. I would not wish this on my enemy. I really would Again, this is direct testimony from a hunger striker at the Donald W. Wyatt Detention Facility in Central Falls, Rhode Island. It was shared by Detention Watch. Um, next up, uh, just on the list, and again, there's not really a segue. It's more chronological just from the articles that I have found over the past mostly 48 hours or so. This is from uh, Bob Wachter, who is a doctor at UCSF who's been sharing information about uh, what's been going on here in San Francisco, and you can follow Bob on Twitter at B-O-B underscore W-A-C-H-T-E-R. And on April 7th, which was earlier this week, uh, Bob spent uh, three hours doing press at the KQED Forum, which you can follow at KQED Forum. That's one of the places, and they provide a link as well. The most common questions, has San Francisco or California flattened the curve? And the answer is yes. Um, what has worked, as well as what is the next phase of this thing going to be. And the focus, uh, Bob says, is it's short answer, it's complicated. So if you go to kqed.org, if you search for Bob Walker, you can find more information on, I'm actually pretty curious about this, so I'm going to go to the link right now and read a little bit. 
I will be learning as you all will be learning. It's about a 48-minute uh, interview, so that's a bit uh, – don't really quite have the time to share all of that. But, again, if you want to go to kqed.org and listen for April 7th at 9 a.m., you can listen to the uh, information they've shared there on COVID-19 science and – there's a lot of information there, I think, in there, but there's not really a summary. So we'll give it a listen and perhaps be back next week with some more info. And let's see. Uh, I think that's going to be – oh, here we go. Well, this is from March 25th. However, uh, it's legal assistance for the elderly Le – excuse me, legal, legal assistance to the elderly, which is at LAE underscore SF. San Francisco tenants, there's a moratorium on evictions for non-payment due to financial impacts caused by COVID-19, but you must notify your landlord and provide some explanation or documentation of your situation. And they have a template there. So again, uh, at LAE underscore SF, they posted this on March 25th. So, and also, I don't know if we got to this. This was back in January, but there was like a mass. I think we did, yeah. But there's a massive, there's massive protests against uh, U.S. troop presence in Iraq. So I wanted to share that as well. That was shared by Ajamu Baraka. You can follow Ajamu at A J A M U B A R A K A. All right. I feel like it's time for some more music. Yay. Okay. Gonna go back to Bandcamp. Gonna close many of these tabs that I have open. Lots of tabs are open. I'm taking, talking a bit far away from the mic, just to, to be cautious here. And let's go back here and play the next song on this album. And this is called There Is River. Touch 
Apologize, we do have some technical difficulties. Stop there for a little bit and play the next song, Othering and Belonging. Now there is the other. No, girl, say no. Come by again. So maybe this is about how folks who are othered have had to throw their voices through unlikely people and objects to make sure that their stories survive. When you are othered, your stories become a futurist gesture. Your story is your nod before your final nap. One day, my ancestors thought these kids will need to look back, and our voices need to be right there waiting. Who do you want? 
want this prayer to feed. Here, God of Dogtown and the Desert Yard, our ghost town God and our foster God, will this prayer give a speculator pause? My Prescott and my port God, who do you want this prayer to free? West Oakland is crying out to you, God. Speak the daily dead's name into this prayer. Make this prayer a cease and desist letter to predatory lenders, God. The hipsters say there was nothing there when they arrived. They say West Oakland was godless. They pounced on foreclosed homes and erected fences as tall as Babel. They hired police to keep us out of you, God, to keep us out of you and our homes. Show the movement the inherent strategy of a prayer. Show them that praying is not snitching. Do something, God. Make this prayer the key witness. Send them back where they came from. Keep your promise, God, to every black family from Louisiana who moved to Oakland for a better life. Show your medicine working, your will being done. Do not let them turn Esther's orbit lounge into a whole food when you know they will never sell us fat back or lard. Come up as collars in the cracks of dirt that they say is blight now. Don't just lead the caravan out of town, God. Circle the wagon and fight for us. This prayer is ready to make love visible. Show us how to keep a roof over our heads. Under the sky you said was ours. And this prayer will be willing to give its life for you. We don't want a huck patch in heaven, God. We want justice here on earth. play a few more speakers from the protest outside of Lion Martin from about a month ago, and we played some of them on the show maybe a month ago, so wanted to make sure I got to some of the folks I don't think I played last time, so uh, yeah, let's start out here, and again, you can support Lion Martin, they have a GoFundMe that's up, go to Save Lion Martin, and all right. You know, one really huge deal about having an Office of Transgender Initiatives in the city of San Francisco is that we're the first and only government... Oh, sorry. And this is a Miss Ayo person. Here we go. Um, you know, one really huge deal about having an Office of Transgender Initiatives in the city of San Francisco is that we're the first and only government, like, trans-led government office in the country. Uh, that's huge. And I'll tell you why that's important. And that's important because we work with our community to advance policies, programs, and equity for transgender non-conforming folks and LGBT people in the city and county of San Francisco. And that means <laughs> and that means that that the folks like we have our people in the government working with you all and are committed to have community at the table every step of the way. Because that's critical. And one of the things that what that means is that we know we've had that this experience, the experience of being trans and trying to seek healthcare. 
being trans and being low income and not having access to care and what that means. Um, and having been in this fight for a really long time. Um, I was on a panel not too long ago with Ms. Akira Jackson. Um, um, when we talked about the importance of having prep for our community and also like what are the things that we come into a doctor's office with? So what are the experience that we face in doing that? And every single one of us, um, most of us have been trans for a while, but like have had some awful, terrible, long drawn out process around accessing healthcare, whether that is mental health care, um, going to see primary care, going to see gender affirming care, um, whatever that process was, we all had several stories to tell them. And I can say like, show me a trans person and I will show you some story that they have that is terrible about accessing healthcare. And along the entire step along the way, it's true, Lion Martin has been a leader. Um, before as the Office of Transgender Law School, so as the Office of Transgender Initiative, I was at the Transgender Council, not office. I'm mixing up my offices, but the Transgender <laughs> Law Center. Um, and we were there, right? Like it was a time where I could not fathom having gen like gender-affirming care for, and that was covered through insurance. That was like beyond my wildest dreams. Um, and throughout that entire time, Lion Martin has been there providing competent care for trans and gender non-conforming folks, always. Um, and in large part, that's also because of the work of Dick Thornton, who has like really led the field and who has like helped the nation advance in the care for trans folks. Um, and one thing that sort of like I truly believe in and trust is the power of trans communities. Um, during the time when we were advocating for those regulations around gender, like having inclusive insurance, the people that showed up are all of the trans folks that showed up to tell their stories um, of the stories that we know too well, whether that is us having to educate the doctor about the hormones that we need to take, whether that's us getting made fun of by a doctor or a nurse, whether that's not being pronounced right and correctly in the doctor's office or in the waiting room. Um, like every one of those stories we have, um, and they came up to testify. Um, and those testimonies were critical, right? Like those testimonies were critical in making sure that our Department of Insurance understood the need for inclusive care. Um, and having Lion Martin there with that expert testimony was a huge piece of that fight. Um, and so I wanna say like our community is strong, we are powerful, we can show up and we can bring our voice to the table and Lion Martin is part of that force. come too far as a community. I agree with like Supervisor Mandelman, like our Trans Home SF was a huge victory here in San Francisco. And we know that in housing, we still have so much more to go to make sure that people have a safe place to call home. But with us that we cannot uh, let, like, let us go backwards at all, right? We must continue to push for progress and I want you all to know that the Office of Transgender Initiative, we are a community uh, and we're here to like make sure that our voices are at the table and that we continue to move forward.
Barbara Jackson. Hi everybody, how are everybody doing? My name is Sierra Jackson. I'm the Executive Director of Positive Coalition and I am representing the Transgender Advocate for Justice and um, for Justice and Accountability. And um, yeah, I'm also a uh, clinical coordinator and project coordinator at UCSF, as well as a um, transgender woman, um, African American who was recently incarcerated. So in terms of healthcare, um, this is like really important to me. Um, I've experienced so much discrimination, um, so much bias, either um, out here in the free world, and then as well as out in in prisons. Um, and um, accessing um, gender affirming care as, um, as it pertains to like surgeries. And you would think that since you have like health benefits and you work for like a prestigious university or you have, you know, paid money to do shit. <laughs> that people would misgender you right before they, like, right after they administer anesthesia. So, um, I'm, I'm particularly concerned about um, this consolidation, um, just because of it, just for the fact that um, all of these places, and I just had a conversation with someone the other day about how um, these government organizations, they um, put so much money into these larger entities, and it doesn't necessarily mean that what they're um, supporting will actually uh, actually translate to provide uh, impactful services for the people like myself and the people like who's out there who needs some fucking help that comes and uses this facility. And um, I just feel like this institution, this place, not even this one institution, this place here has been like a safe haven for many of my friends. And also, Project Coalition is also working on its sister um, coalition, as well as the Safe Coalition um, for um, Transform California. Maybe y'all heard of it. So um, what we're trying to do is kind of like unite all of our programs together and have like a really big talk on how we're gonna literally lead in providing care to us and create an initiative made by us for us. And um, one of the biggest things that's just been popping up is that a lot of these, like, like I said earlier, a lot of these larger organizations are um, taking the money for to serve us. Yeah. They're taking the money for us to give to us and it kind of, it, it doesn't necessarily actually does what it's supposed to do for us. So for just moving forward, um, Tribal Coalition is committed and will be committed with this project in terms of trying to do what we need to do and advocate for more money for this place. Any way we can do, and I'm quite sure that the Office of Trans Initiative is already on board with it as well, so I have to really speak for them. But uh, we're gonna do what we have to do to make sure that our people is being served by our people, and especially by people who know how to serve us. So, I will. Jackson. I'm a good Jackson. Those who know me, I'm not short on words. 
when it means that I need to speak my truth about being unapologetic about who I am. Now, most of you might not know I am 50 years old. And let me tell you, life has been good and life has been bad. And uh, for most of which, I've made uh, some, uh, some choices in my life that, you know, kind of like uh, scared me in the wrong direction. But let me tell you, once I found out who I was and how I could be unapologetic about being me, I found myself. Now I say tonight, I'm standing here in front of this building being a bit conflicted with both of these agencies that have helped me along the way. Health Rights 368 years ago, I found a recovery-based program that sustained my quality of being clean and sober, first and foremost. Six years ago, I was dealing with some unquestionable health issues that the clinic that I once was a participant of being a patient didn't quite understand how some of the services that I needed when I was in question. And I found Lion Martin to be a place that was going to be supportive and always has been and six and something years ago that I became a patient here. Well, it wasn't even here. It was on Mansion Street, on Market Street, excuse me. And this facility itself has shown me that being inclusive is nothing to be ashamed about. I deal with a world outside of oneself that has conflicting issues with me being who I am as a woman. This place here has been inclusive, not only for transgender people, but for cisgender people as well. And so I must, I must, I have to, I have to, I have to mention that clearly, because see, we live in a world that still quite can't understand who we are as individual people. First and foremost, before the T is even mentioned, I am a person first and a child of God second. Okay, so with that being said, I'm to be anything that I want to be in this life that I live right now. I have to say that with this building here being what it is, it has sustained not only my mental health, but not only my medical health, but all the other things that I was able to be able to be inspired by when I found Lion Martin. Anybody that knows anything about Lion Martin, it was a place for, for, for women of all kinds to be comfortable, to be able to be served the medical things that were going to sustain all of us inclusively. Shame on you, uh, San Francisco, for having to make this choice inside of me to choose whether Health Rights 360 to be a place that I have to continue to go to, to not only seek medical treatment, but to have found a place that sustains my quality of sobriety. Shame on you, this city, for having to build up these multi-million dollar buildings and then watch some of us that can't even afford to live here, let alone keep up with our medical care. We work a 
Shantae Jackson, and I believe I played her speech last time as well. Going to go through, play a few more, and then we'll be uh, wrapping up the show. And uh, this is uh, Hans Lindahl.
by saying there is a deeper problem here, and that problem is capitalism. We really need to have Medicare for all plans, so that way places like these wouldn't close, and there'd be more places like these. And women-friendly health care is not a commodity that should be cut because it's quote-unquote unprofitable and quote-unquote costly. So one thing I want you all to chant is fuck capitalism. Fuck capitalism. Chant is the devilism. Fuck capitalism. Fuck capitalism. to stop gonna play some more music and then we'll be back uh, up again next week so please do stay tuned and again if you'd like to support lion martin there is a gofundme up you can go to gofundme.com and check out save lion martin and women's community clinic and they're looking to raise five hundred thousand dollars right now they're at almost nineteen thousand so please do contribute if you can there's also the website up you just uh write in save lion martin going to go back to Juba Kalamka and play the last three tracks of The Space Between, A Seminary Avenue. And you can find that at Bandcamp as along with uh, a lot of Juba's other music as well. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. Man, I'm just trying to grab some nuts. Your name is, but it'll soon be Julie. Turn your butt gay. CJ, what are you doing? I just want to eat some penis. Huh? See, penis.
And uh, this is the last track. It's just taking a while to load here. Uh, again, you listen to Mutiny Radio, please do go to mutinyradio.fm. Also, we have a Patreon up, patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. If you'd like to donate directly to this show, you can Venmo me also. Uh, my Venmo handle is R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. Also, please donate to the station if you're able, mutinyradio.fm. Have a great week, everyone.
It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 
Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at Mutiny Radio. FM. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude. 
before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counteroffer. Located inside 